Well, hello and welcome to Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialise in helping organisations get the most from their virtual teams through understanding how team members interact. This is episode number 28, and today we're going to be talking about different communication technology use in virtual teams and how the different technologies compare and when particular types of technologies are most appropriate and which ones possibly to avoid using in some situations. As with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying blog article on the Ulfire website, so please do feel free to pop over to the website and take a look. Uh, the website address is www.ulfire.com.au. There you'll find all sorts of publications, podcasts, articles, descriptions of what the business does, and uh, and so forth. Communication technologies for use in virtual teams. There are, oh, there are so many different types of technologies that are available these days to virtual teams. The days when you had to rely on one or two platforms, when you had to rely on telex, or when you had to rely on the fax. Um, those days are thankfully a long way behind us, and we're now in an era where where really the technology has become the enabler for virtual teams to function and to be effective. In fact, for many organizations, the technology is is the first and sometimes the only consideration that they take on board when they're planning their virtual teams. And that in itself is a, is um, is one of the one of the principal causes of some organizations having problems with their virtual teams. Too much of a focus on the technology, not enough of a focus on the people using the technology and whether the technology that's used and adopted is in fact the right technology for that organisation. So in this article we're going to talk about probably the four principal platforms that organisations would use. There are, as I say, many others around but we'll we'll stick to the four big players in this space and uh, and then the others we can fit into on future podcasts and in other articles. So the first piece of technology really that everybody uses, that every business uses, that every virtual team relies on, almost to the exclusion of almost everything else, is email. Email has become so ubiquitous really that it's that it's really taken for granted. People assume that because employees and personnel can manage to can manage to type that therefore they are proficient at using email and that therefore they are able to communicate with their virtual team colleagues now while fundamentally this may be true understanding how to frame and word an email to get the best reactions and responses from your colleagues and to make sure that what you send and what they read actually mean the same thing at both ends of the communications span is a real challenge also email is is it's very easy to 
to copy everybody on an email when you send it. So it's easy for people's mailboxes to fill up with, with messages that they have no need to see and they have no real um, need to be involved in the discussions. And also it's because it's asynchronous and because you can pretty well write whatever you want and then hit send, email is a, is sometimes a way whereby arguments can get blown out of proportion People can use email as a way to to wage war on their colleagues, both the people in the same offices as them and the people in different locations. And an email also bears no, gives no um, uh, credence to any cultural differences between the people sending and the people receiving. So an email written in a certain way with certain openings and closings and certain level of formality and even sent to certain people um, may work well in terms of a piece of culturally appropriate communication in one office, but when it gets to another office, that email is um, is potentially a very dangerous thing because it can upset people quite easily. So there's a lot to be considered with the use of email. In fact, there is actually a separate article on the Allfire website specifically talking about the use of email. Um, but suffice to say, it's it's a very common tool it can be used by many people for many different things but it's not always the right tool to use all of the time so the second piece of technology we're going to talk about is the telephone now the telephone has been around far longer than uh, than email um, the technology of the telephone itself has been improving and moving forward very rapidly to the point now where some countries move straight from no telephone to mobile technology um, but regardless of how that technology has come into place telephone is one of the best ways for people to to maintain contact and stay in touch with one another um, you get you get the nuances of speech you get the ability to ask questions in a dynamic and organic way as conversations progress. It's completely synchronous, so the person listening and the person speaking are both online, if that's the term that's appropriate to use, at the same time during the conversation. So it's not like you leave um, a voicemail, someone else leaves a voicemail for you and so forth, which is the verbal equivalent of what an email would be. You're actually having a conversation. So email is, uh, sorry, not email, telephone is a, is a very, um, very good platform for, for, a, for a much better, much deeper, much more nuanced form of communication. And it makes people speak in a more structured way. It does, however, have its flaws. And those flaws can come in with, with linguistics, where you'll have people who's, who may struggle a little bit with the language that's being used. So if, if, if the project language or the language of the team is one particular language, say English, then if one of the participants on the phone call doesn't speak English particularly well, the messages can be misconstrued, the conversations can become quite disjointed, and it can become more of a monologue. So again, while the telephone is a very powerful and very useful tool, it's still only one part of the overall range of communications platforms that can be and should be used in a virtual team scenario. The next piece of technology we're going to talk about is the webcam. Now, as far as webcams go, what, what we're referring to here is the essentially a one-to-one -one form of video communication. So really, platforms such as Skype, platforms such as some of the um, some of the web-enabled 
communications technologies that work within some of the email platforms, some of the Microsoft platforms and so forth, where you have a camera either sitting on top of or embedded into your monitor um, and you have a communication which is essentially directly between two players. Or you can have three or four or five people. You can even use them in meetings where you have you have the camera positioned at one end of a table and everybody crowds around so they can be seen. Really, really good technology and far, far, far more effective than a telephone. Um, but the drawbacks really are more in terms of whether your business and whether your sites and your locations are actually capable of supporting the bandwidth and whether your IT department is um, is um, prepared to let their employees uh, exploit that bandwidth as well. Some organisations, the IT groups, will actually say, no, you, you can't use video technology because it, it causes too many problems as far as bandwidth goes on the rest of the communications. But these days, most organisations are becoming more and more accepting that web technology in terms of web cameras is less intrusive on the bandwidth and more valuable to the business. Really powerful tool, and it takes away some of the drawbacks that you would experience with the telephone in as much as you can actually see the other party. You can have a lot more body language. You can see the environment that they're working in. You can see people moving around behind them sometimes. And you can also share documents and converse about those documents on that platform as well. So it's a very um, it's a very big step forward from the technology of a telephone. Now, for some people, platforms like Skype are still used purely for audio, um, but we would definitely advocate that if you have the capacity on your bandwidth that you lean toward using video as well as audio with with things like Skype. Then the fourth piece of technology that we're going to talk about, so the fourth and last piece for this particular podcast, is the use of video conference. Now, in video conferencing here, what we're talking about is a formal, installed, built-in video conference suite. So the kinds of things that you would either see in a video conference room, if an organization has one, or you often see them in boardrooms and in big meeting rooms in, in a lot of offices as well. Um, these are at the top of the tree as far as this, this, this form of communication goes. I mean, there is virtual presence at the end of this, but, but realistically, most organizations wouldn't spend the, the additional investment on that. Video conference facilities are superb. They give typically much better sound quality. You have the ability to have many, many different organizational groups contact com, um, drop into the one discussion. You can have people who dial in by voice voice as well. So you have a few people who are just there as an audio rather than video. Sound quality is always extremely good. Video quality tends to be pretty good. You can do screen sharing so you can share drawings, you can share documents, you can share PowerPoint slides. Really powerful tool and very much worth the investment if you're able to make it. One of the problems with video conferencing, however, is that because it's so expensive, it tends to be only installed in one or two places in an organization. And as such, it can be quite restrictive in as much as it's not as flexible and easily accessible as things like webcam. Also, video conference equipment tends often to get installed in boardrooms, which means that often the equipment will stand idle 
but the room is being used for a board meeting or for a high-level management meeting, and the people who may may actually have a greater need to use the platform are unable to get into the room because the because the the room itself is being used. So it's not so much that people can't use the technology, it's just that they can't get into the space where the room is located. So you need to have a real long think about where you're going to locate your video conference equipment. And if necessary, put it maybe, if you can afford it, put a second system in a room which is dedicated purely for video conference meetings and not necessarily set up as a boardroom. So hopefully this discussion of these four different types of technology has been useful. Um, They are very much a horses for courses. They're very much a a platform where different technologies suit different applications. So email for for those quick technical backwards and forwards, asynchronous, telephone much better than email, webcam better still than telephone, and then video conference for the larger video-based meetings that you're going to have. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and um, and that you'll take the time to please check us out at the Ulfire website. So again, the website is www.ulfire.com.au. Feel free while you're there to subscribe to our newsletter feed or to our podcast. Um, and of course, if, we've got, if there's anything that we as a business can do to help you, please feel free to drop us a line. Thank you. <laughs>